And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, pastor of the PCA Church in Kingston, New York. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance, pastor of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Rock Tavern. Hello, everyone. Well, gentlemen, it's great to have you here in the studio. Today is a Saturday. It's um, significantly uh, Saturday, May the 28th, and the reason we say that is last week uh, we had a special broadcast concerning Harold Camping's false date, May 21st, 2011. As we all know, that uh, he was prophesying that that would be Judgment Day, and it wasn't. And so now we have, besides the Word of God anyway, that told us it wasn't going to be, in my opinion, uh, the hard data of... Um, This world is still here. Um, Folks were not, quote-unquote, raptured. Massive earthquakes did not take place. And so uh, here we are. Now, uh, what concerns me, and you gentlemen as well, is there's a lot of hurt people out there. And what do we do now? As we look back and maybe, as businesses say, perform a lessons learned, there's a lot of lessons from this one, aren't there? Certainly, this matter of... um of looking back in this way and looking upon what uh, has taken place, uh, there's an old adage, but uh, a lot of truth in that adage, a word to the wise is sufficient. <laughs> but it's our our, uh, our task here to encourage those who maybe have been somewhat disillusioned mm. uh, by uh, these uh, uh, prophecies. And uh, life is a, a difficult thing, for sure. One of the things that we were seeing prior to uh, May 21st, um, as people sent us emails, um, there was one young man who um, was terribly distraught. He told me in a note that he was sobbing, very upset, very worried, just couldn't stop worrying. There were other people that contacted us here at the station. Uh, Families were on the rocks. One family down in the Florida area. Another family, um, the husband and wife was still together, but the husband had bought into this hook, line, and sinker, and there was just tremendous tension in the home. Uh, Because, see, um, the followers of this man, Harold Camping, uh, would look upon those of us who didn't follow him as being not saved, and they would call themselves true believers. And so, um, as we look at a lessons learned, you know, uh, got to think this thing through a little bit. What happens in the in the life of a cult, almost, such that um, people get so convinced where the prophet is one hundred percent right? A buddy of mine and myself were exchanging Facebook postings on a Facebook site, and some of the campingites, if I can call them that, uh, were 100% sure, and they simply parroted their teacher's every last word, no matter what he said, was 100% true. And even though he had invented this whole system, uh, you couldn't couldn't speak a a word edgewise with, with these folks. Yeah, I think one of the problems you always have is you have someone coming in and they have a new revelation. And either it works its way out into a new scripture, such as Mormonism, uh, where you have uh, new scriptures uh, 
and I hate to use the word new, new writings because they're not really scriptures. They, they're not really from God, but they create new writings and say and, and try to point out that this um, supersedes or interprets the Bible. Or you have someone like Harold Camping who says basically comes in and, and says, "I have the correct interpretation, and nobody else has the correct interpretation." And in fact, nobody else has had the correct interpretation for two thousand years, because <laughs> yeah, none of them really got yeah. it. And and so you have that kind of thing. And the problem with that is, it's like a latter day Gnosticism, if you will. Mm-hmm. With the Gnostics, he seems to indicate that he has the special knowledge that you need to interpret the scriptures, where. In fact, the scriptures are are written, and and yes, we need the Holy Spirit when we read the scriptures, but we have this little term called perspicuity. In other words, the the scriptures... Did you just sneeze there, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) Perspicuity. Perspicuity, Perspicuity. yeah. It means the scriptures can be understood plainly. Plainly, yeah. Yeah. And they're clear to they're those clear. that read. Yes, yeah. can, they can be understood. Yeah, and so that's in. In the problem with a lot of these people is they look at the scriptures and the clear understanding goes in one direction, and Harold Camping went in another direction, hmm. and so suddenly they they mistrusted the plain teaching of the scripture. Because somehow or another they felt that they they got it wrong. You know, when I think of uh, of uh, Mr. Camping, I think of the scripture. There's a way that seems right unto a man, hmm. but the end thereof is the way of destruction. I am afraid that those who followed him uh, have been led in the way of destruction. There's a lot of disillusionment out there. Yes, I think Dan, you told me before uh, we mm-hmm. even begun uh, uh, today. Mm-hmm. That uh, there are people who put down their animals and That's made right. financial decisions. Yes. Um, yes. Maybe even worse. We don't know. We'll find out in the days to come altogether yes. what took place. Now, um, I see we're up against the clock here already. Uh, today we're talking about uh, a week after May 21st, the false date that was set by Harold Camping. Uh, in this broadcast, we want to encourage. If you happen to be a listener to this broadcast, and perhaps you started to follow Mr. Camping, maybe you followed him hook, line, and sinker, we want to give some very specific guidelines and recommendations for you to follow now that you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, he is wrong. Because as you recall, he was 100% sure of his date. Uh, He bought the billboards, he sent around the caravans, uh, hit all the major news outlets, USA Today, big postings in that. Um, so now you have some hard data. You know that he was wrong. Of course, uh, if you've listened to this program prior to this, we knew he was wrong, but now you have your own data. So what do you do from here? Are you going to keep on following this man, or are you going to return to the church? We need to talk about that. Stay with us. This is a plain answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Joining me today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich, Dr. John Vance. I'm Dan Elmendorf. We'll be right back.
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. We've been talking about uh, Harold Camping's false date a week ago today. Um, In the course of corresponding with people, um, we also corresponded with some um, heathens, and by their own admission, they were not Christians. And we hope to follow up, by the way, with those contacts and continue to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ with them. We had one caller from um, Maine who called us and asked the question, is there anything to worry about? And uh, we had to answer him, well, with respect to Harold Camping's a conclusion there isn't, but what about your own personal relationship to Jesus Christ? Are you in a church? Do you love the Lord Jesus Christ? From that point of view, there is something still to worry about, and that is, do I know the Lord Jesus Christ? And what about a future judgment day? Right. Uh, just because this one was wrong doesn't mean it's not yet to come. That's the problem, you know. I think a lot of people are looking at this. There were a lot of, what were they, May 21st parties, you know. Yeah. Uh, just kind of in the face that, you know, this judgment didn't come. Mm. They're probably lumping all together with all these dates that have been predicted in the past. And a lot of people are saying, look, there is no judgment day. There <laughs> is not going to be a judgment day. When in reality, all we have is someone hollering wolf when there was no wolf. But oh, does that's that, a good analogy. But does that mean that there are no wolves, really? Yeah, the yeah. wolf is still there. It's just that that someone made a false call. The scripture is very clear. Jesus Christ is coming again, and that will be a judgment. It is also very clear that we don't know the day or the hour. And so that's going to come as a surprise to all of us. But it is coming, and it is certain, and we need to be ready for that. And being ready for that doesn't mean leaving the church. It doesn't mean doing a lot of things that Harold Camping wanted people to do. 
but rather it means following the scriptures and clinging to Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Some of the people out there, I think, need to um, maybe do a a biblical study as to what a prophet is. (laughs) And and when one prophesies Mm. and it doesn't come to pass, there are two texts in the Old Testament. They're uh, texts that are classics, if you will. One in Exodus chapter 4 and Exodus chapter 7 give us the definition of a prophet. And uh, it takes place in the context when Moses uh, tries to excuse himself and his stammering and he can't speak to Pharaoh and God appoints Aaron to be his mouth. And he says, you will be a God to him and he will be your mouth. And then later on it says that Moses will be a God uh, to Pharaoh to speak judgment, of course. Mm-hmm. But then again, Aaron is said to be his prophet. So a prophet is one who speaks for God. But it also, in the same Pentateuch in Deuteronomy, what, chapter 18, I believe. You have that, Dan. I think you have it yeah, open. Yeah, I've Did got it open. That? It says, um, and if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord... If the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be afraid of him. Uh, Nor listen to him. He's false. No, that's right. And that is a, a, a text that should be studied carefully. And the true prophet of God, who is the mouth of God, never speaks wrongly or presumptuously. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when that takes place, it means that the person is not a prophet. No. When they, the prophet always speaks truth, and that's why the prophets in the Old Testament often prefaced their prophecy with "Thus saith the Lord." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, if that fails, then that is not a prophet. Now, in this case, where does that leave Mister Camping? Yeah, I mean, he has gone on record, it's all over the Internet, that he was 100% sure that May 21st was Judgment Day. And May 21st was not Judgment Day. So he's not to be feared. If this were Old Testament times, and it isn't, actually, um, Mr. Camping would have a terrible judgment rendered against himself and thereby he would it would not even be possible to hear him again. Well, one thing is for sure, that he has rejected the counsel of the body of Christ, and that may be the greatest breach um, yes. in this whole matter, that he has yeah. uh, rejected, if you will, the body of Christ, and in so doing, he has only one choice, to end up interpreting Scripture privately. And there is a text in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 20, where the apostle warns that we are not to interpret the Scripture privately. Now, any Bible reader knows that doesn't mean that you shouldn't read your Bible privately and read it with profit and understanding. After all, Mark just used that big word, uh, perspicacious, mm-hmm. uh, which means to, to have clarity in the Scriptures. There is. There are perspicacious. On the other hand, uh, what it does mean is that we are to read the Scriptures in the fellowship with other believers as we are under the headship of Christ. 
it is within the context of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, I have mentioned this in a prior program. When I uh, prepare sermons, I go back and, if you will, historically commune with the saints. I read Augustine, I read Luther, I read Calvin, and I read good contemporary exegetes. Therefore, uh, I do so in the context of the church. We're not making this thing up on the spur of the moment. No. Uh, this is uh, the scripture for all ages. And to reject mm-hmm. that communion, in some sense, is to enter into darkness. Well, I think you're onto something there. Um, it's extremely scriptural in what you're describing. For a follower of camping, the most he does is he uses only the King James, and he uses Strong's Concordance, and he listens intently to Harold Camping. And our challenge to you today, dear listener, if you happen to be a follower of him, is uh, really the advice that was given again last week, that the hearing, that you take your hearing, your ears, instead of giving them to Harold Camping, that you now give them to a preacher of word and sacrament, a minister of word and sacrament, who's preaching God's word in the context of the body of Christ, the church. And I think what you're going to find, anyone who preaches the the Word of God and really respects it and follows the Word of God is going to expect uh, the people to also hear and study for themselves Mm -hmm. so that if they disagree, if they say, say, no, this doesn't seem right, they challenge that minister. And and I'm more than welcome to have people challenge uh, my interpretation of the Scriptures, Mm -hmm. you know, and let's look at it to make sure that we do have the right interpretation of the Scriptures. But here again, yeah. you know, a lot of people say there as many people as, as read the Scriptures, that's as many t- interpretations you have. That is not true. That no. is not true. It's plainly not true. It's, it's historically, there. yeah, there are some disagreements, but there are few fundamental disagreements with the interpretation of what the Scripture says. You know what, Mark, I would go to say that the Church has historically agreed on the fundamentals or basics. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It is only in the secondary Secondary matters matters. that we we tend to have the disagreements. But what we find in Harold Camping is not a secondary matter. This is a matter of uh, the utmost importance because it pertains to the person and work of Christ, which also includes uh, his second coming. And to be a false prophet with respect to God's own mind and timing of things, which he clearly, clearly, it mm-hmm. seems to me in Scripture, warns us mm-hmm. not to do this. Uh, he has breached uh, that commandment. Uh, it is broken. He has not taken the warning of Scriptures. And it's... Uh, and, and what has we have ha- to ask ourselves why? And, mm-hmm. yeah, and what has happened is it has gone off so far that he has rejected the church, Christ's bride, and th- the other thing, as you said, he's rejected the gospel. And what is very unsettling is the letters that have come of people who are are, are campingites mm-hmm. who just say they hope they'll be saved. Oh yes, we have seen so much of that. Maybe people don't realize that. Um, I mentioned, alluded to before, a friend of mine and, and myself exchanging emails and postings to the Internet with, mm. with Camping's followers. They cannot affirm that they are saved. They cannot affirm a salvation that they are sure of. 
They have no sense of the assurance of their eternal salvation. Can you imagine? My friend, if you're a Christian, you will know that you are a Christian. God's Spirit bears witness with your spirit. Um, the Apostle talks about um, our assurance of salvation in, in 1 John. What is it? 1 John chapter 5. These things have I written unto you that you may know, the Apostle writes to us. And so it's so important to truly believe the gospel. And his spirit bears witness with us, our spirits. Yeah, that, we are his yeah that we're a child of yeah, God. Yeah, and, and, and a huge contrast to even Paul. He says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Yes. Something to be looked forward to yes. because of the knowledge that Jesus Christ yes. has taken away or, one Or sense. take that passage uh, the Good Shepherd passage. Jesus said, "My sheep hear my hear my voice, right. and right. they know me. Yeah. And I give unto them eternal life, and right. they mm-hmm. shall never perish. That's right. And no one shall pluck them out of my hand. That's right. Oh, it's when, you, when you are under the aegis of the true Shepherd, and you belong to His flock, it seems to me that you will not fundamentally be led astray. Right. Um." You will not listen to another, Jesus says. Hmm. You will listen to him. That's right. But to hear his voice clearly, you must be in the body uh, well, that's of, it, isn't of it? Christ. Yes. That is it. There you go. My dear friend, listening, if you are not in a church, and I know that there's some churches out there that aren't terribly faithful, but there's still a lot of churches that are, we would encourage you today to seek out a good faithful church, and thereby join with others in fellowship and in worship of the triune God of the Scriptures. May the assurance of God be yours as you uh, embrace the teachings of a church. It's not bad. Harold Campion has done a great disservice to Christianity by promulgating this lie that God has done with his church. You know what he's doing? And I'm convinced what he has done. Think about what happens in your church. There's a call to worship. There may be a a prayer confession, the singing of hymns and songs, psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, as we like to say, the preaching of God's most holy word. Perhaps there was a baptism, and maybe the Lord's Supper is celebrated. All of these things, Harold Camping says, is from the devil. He ascribes to Satan the works of the Holy Spirit. You can't do that and get away with it. That's evil. That's sinful. The church is good. And yes, there may be some imperfections. All churches have them. But find a faithful church and join yourself to that church, to that body of Christ. It's difficult to judge a person's motives. I'm not sure what we should per se. But let me just outline uh, one deep motive for people's rebellion. Uh, There is a wonderful line in Paradise Lost in Milton. And Satan is uh, giving reason for his rebellion. And, of course, it's rooted in pride. And he says, by Milton, this is poetic, of course, but it does summarize Scripture. Satan says, I would rather reign in hell than serve in heaven. There are people who would rather set up their own kingdom and be Lord and master rather than serve in the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ under his guidance and direction and lordship. Yes. I am concerned for people that 
have been following camping and have no assurance of their salvation, um, this is a wonderful time, dear listener, to embrace the gospel. Embrace the gospel, not just a half a gospel, but the whole gospel. Um, the Apostle John, it's a great place to read, by the way, it's First John chapters 4 and 5. And um, one of the sections I'm open to right now is First John chapter 4, verse 10. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. It goes down to verse 18. He says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. The people that we talked with and the postings that we saw on the Internet prior to May 21st from Camping's followers um, spoke of fear. These people were fearful. They did not have the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ and, Mm -hmm. and the Holy Spirit of God. Because why? They were fearing torment. But... God says, perfect love casts out all fear. Well, gentlemen, we're towards the end here. I've talked too much. How about some wrap-up thoughts um, today? Well, here again, you you hit it, Dan. The thing is to focus on the gospel of Jesus Christ and in a right relationship with him. Yes, he is coming again. And yes, he is coming with judgment. But if we've trusted in Jesus Christ, then we're his child. Mm. And it doesn't make any difference when he comes. Because we we will see him as children, not as his enemy. And that should be the focus, and the focus Mm. should be the gospel. Whether he comes today or a hundred years from now, that same focus of sharing the gospel, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ, is just as relevant the day before he comes as it is a hundred years before he comes. Mm. Following the gospel of Harold Camping brings fear and uncertainty. Mm. Following the gospel of Jesus Christ brings joy and peace. Amen. Gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us today. This is a plain answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. MP3 files of this broadcast are available on our website, and it's linked to iTunes. If you have one of those little iPods, you can download them free of charge. Just look up Redeemer Broadcasting, colon, a plain answer on iTunes. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.